Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott, really physically distancing this week. Uh, Scott, how you doing? Sean, I'm really good. I uh, needed to get as far away from you as I could. Yeah. So I've gone to the other side of the country and I'm hanging out. Um, it's pretty great to be uh, to be out here on the West Coast uh, in the COVID-free environment of uh, Vancouver Island. So. I'm having a good time, uh, but I understand I left the heat wave behind me. You there did. Yeah, you went to BC, and yet the BC weather is here, Scott. You really didn't need to travel, whatever it is, what, 3,000 miles to head over to Victoria. You could have just stayed here. It's all here. Yeah, yeah. What a what a pain in the butt. Like, uh, I, I was out on a patio this afternoon having a, a beer and some food. And was thinking, boy, uh, it would be a lot warmer in in Ottawa right now. <laughs> yeah, today was pretty rainy though, which I guess is pretty BC like as well. So I, it was, I think, Scott, the warmest Remembrance Day that I remember since I've lived in Ottawa. Unfortunately, given everything going on, was not able to attend the ceremony at the National War Memorial today. That was discouraged by the Canadian Legion to uh, ensure that everyone was safe, particularly the veterans who were there, who, of course, um, the Second World War and Korean War, War veterans, obviously, in the older, higher risk category. So uh, didn't, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, the warm wasn't beneficial in that regard, because there have been a couple of ceremonies I've been to where it gets a little nippy standing out at the National War Memorial in mid-November here in Ottawa. So that wasn't the greatest uh, but overall um uh, you know I, I texted somebody today i think these are the last three warm days we're gonna get potentially till april yeah yeah i think i've said that a couple times that you know winter is here and it's not going anywhere and uh, i've been wrong so i hope that you're wrong too and i hope uh when i get home there's uh, at least a couple more days or evenings when i can go to a a patio and uh, not totally freeze, not totally freeze. Yes, and hopefully for all the uh, proprietors of these establishments as well, we're uh, uh, hopeful that they can uh, continue to generate revenue through the winter. So, let's... Yeah, but Sean, something else started this week, right? Yes, so let's get into uh, the big news of the week, obviously. Uh, the restrictions locally here in Ottawa have loosened. We are in the red zone currently for anyone who's paying attention to what's going on in Ontario. Basically, I don't know what that means. It seems like none of the health, the local health people know what it means either. It seems to be a rolled back stage two or three, whatever stage we're in. I don't even know. But the 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 lesson or what it meant for us in terms of this show is that curling facilities in Ottawa could open. And Scott, you flew to the other side of the country. I stayed here. I curled on Monday night, my first time back in the club since Saturday, March the 14th. You know, everyone talks about March the 13th as the day the pandemic really hit here in mm -hmm. Ottawa locally. That's the last day most 
government workers were in the in their offices. I played the next morning in the Saturday morning league, which was my last game. So just under eight months later, I was back in the club playing on Monday night in the Monday league on sheet five for Team Griffin. All right. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I picked the exact perfect time, right, to go on, to go on vacation. Uh, so, Sean, I want to hear all about it. Was there uh, any confusion? So let's start, like, first. Was there confusion when you got in the club about where to go and what to do? Yes, for me. So okay. they said, uh, so the rules are that they can only have uh, 50 people in the building at once which meant that we played late, which at the Ottawa Curling Club is 8.45. So the early games have been moved up a half hour. So there was an early draw. Those people show up, and they have to be out of the building by 8 o'clock. And then nobody, they don't want anyone in the building from 8 o'clock until 8.30 so that the staff can do the full cleaning procedures. So Hmm. they gave a window of showing up between 8.30 and 8.45. I got there about just before 8.40. Mm-hmm. And the procedure is supposed to be you go in, the club manager, Dalal, best in the business, I will fight anybody who argues with me about that, uh, was there with the the Zoomer scanner temperature t- taker thing. Yeah. I believe that's the official brand name. And she took the temperature. The Curl Ontario app was there. They give you a, a QR code, so you scan in with your QR code. And then you're supposed to head upstairs to the staging area. And I got there and people were already coming down the stairs. So I was a little Mm -hmm. confused on exactly what I was supposed to do at that point. So I just waited for everybody to come down. And then I went up and put my stuff in the designated area and came down. Uh, Everyone seemed to get it. Uh, I also went to the wrong spot downstairs. I went, maybe this is just because this is what I usually do, is I go behind the sheet that I'm playing on. Right. So we were playing on sheet five, which is the furthest sheet from where you enter the ice shed at the Ottawa. So I went there, but you're supposed to go out in reverse order. So I yes. should have been at the, the the door to go out. So I went to the wrong space initially. So maybe everyone else was very cognizant of what was going on, and I was the one who was confused. But I was initially a, a little thrown off on exactly where to go and what to do. Okay. And when you... Uh, came to the club all dressed and ready to go. You only had your shoes to take off and leave them upstairs with uh, your backpack or whatever? Yeah, so fully dressed, ready to go at the club. I did uh, change my socks, as I want to do, before I play. So I did change my socks uh, upstairs as well. Okay, okay. And was there enough room upstairs? Did you find uh, being crowded at all? So after my initial, the the first night of this, I don't fully understand the purpose of going upstairs, if I'm being totally honest. There's not a lot of room on the stairs going Mm -hmm. up and down. And if the lounge is going to be closed, because we can only have 50 people in the building, I would rather assign either spaces in the lounge to the sheets or just go behind the sheet. Uh, or or where you're going for going out. So sheet five is behind sheet one, for instance. Just go right there. I I don't fully understand the purpose of going upstairs. It seems like it just creates more close contact 
between people going up and down the stairs than you otherwise would need. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, and then how was the experience on the ice? Strange for me. So your team, our team, played yeah. with three players? Correct. Okay. So the one sweeper rule was sort of moot. For us, it was, yeah. So we played a team with four people, and at the the facility, masks are strongly encouraged on the ice. So what that means is that they're optional on the ice. That's a nice way of saying uh, right. that they're optional on the ice. So the team we played, the three players who were not the skip opted not to wear their mask during the game. This was a decision that I was not particularly thrilled with, particularly since the two front-end players were trading off the sweeping. So one of the players wasn't sweeping right. the skips rocks at all. So for those 10 minutes that you're standing there, put a mask on. Yeah. So I, I wasn't thrilled about that. Everyone else seemed to be on the ice wearing their mask, although a couple of times, if you needed any other reason to hate skips, there were a few skips who took their mask off to yell line. Like, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. one, don't yell out anyway. It's just annoying, uh, frankly. And two, when you take off the mask and you're yelling loud, the, the droplets go further. So just knock that off. So I didn't like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then for me personally, um, I had to play most of the game without my glasses on. <laughs> Yeah, eh? yeah. my glasses, uh, they fell off while I was cleaning the rock in the first end. And I knew right then I wouldn't be able to sweep with them on. And I only put them on when I was throwing. And I tried to hold my breath while I was throwing as well, and which obviously isn't a great strategy. So I missed a lot of what was going on in the game because I couldn't see it at all. Right. Um, so... For me, it wasn't that great. And then, I don't know, Scott, do you, I, I find this thing that when I can't see something, I feel like I can't hear as well either. Like if it's the middle of the night and I think I hear something, like a, a whatever it is, yeah. I, I turn on the light. Like if it's by, if there's a noise in the kitchen and I'm in bed, I'll turn the light on by the bed, even though it doesn't, like I can't see the kitchen. But I turn the light okay. on because I think that that will help me hear what's going on in the other room that I can't see. That's interesting because I've always heard that if you lose one sense, the other ones are supposed to be heightened. Yeah. You, know, you hear of uh, uh, the deaf guy who's got supervision or something. Right. Uh, but but then maybe uh, for you it's different. I'm not sure. I think for me, I feel like I can hear better at night when I have my glasses off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for me, for whatever reason, I, I want to see things when I'm trying to hear. Uh, so I found it difficult to hear. And I, that could also be just it was hard to hear, particularly mm -hmm. when you're trying to hear somebody else talking behind a mask. Right. So yeah. so I, I was having struggle. I was struggling hearing things. I also went with the mask the, with the loops and then I used the neck gaiter as well. So I put the neck gaiter mm. over the mask and I, it was over my ears as well. So it would stay up, which I'm sure doesn't help in the hearing, but I thought that would help in terms of the glasses fogging. And it uh, most assuredly did not It did not in, no. in, in that regard. So I'm going to wear a different pair of glasses the next time I play for that. But 
So overall, I don't think not being able to see really affected my game that much. <laughs> Maybe a, a bit of an indictment on my my game. I don't know. Well, yeah, your your eyes are not as bad as mine, and I can't imagine trying to sweep without glasses on because I will like hit the rock and fall down and right. really hurt myself. So, uh, one thing that I had thought about doing, and I've done a couple times when I've been uh, doing some exercising, uh, is the kinesiology tape. Yes, and sort of taping the top of the mask down. So there was no uh, air coming up. So maybe uh, when I get back to town, we can uh, experiment with that. Yeah. See how anything you can do to, uh, to to improve it. Somebody on Twitter suggested, I think it was the Palmetto Club, suggested or, or noted that their members had gotten the wipes from Amazon. That yeah, like the anti-fog. The yeah. And I was thinking, too, like I, when I used to referee hockey, there was the, there's a spray that you can use as well. But I've been told that that doesn't work quite as well on glasses as it mm. does on the, the face shields. So overall, that part of the experience, it, I mean, it was what it was. I really felt removed from the game itself, if I'm being honest. Mm. I know that the final score was 7-4, to four, but I didn't feel invested in <laughs> in the game. Um, you know, I threw my two shots, and part of that was because I was trying not to fall down or to kill myself because I couldn't really see very well. But, you know, the the overall strategy and, and all, like I, I didn't feel engaged in that. Uh, and the other part of it is just trying to follow the rules and get comfortable with what the rules are. So making sure that you're standing in the right spot, standing far away from people as needed. All that just added to the things that were going on uh, for me that took away from the, the game itself and, and trying to engage in the back and forth of the game. Right, right. So uh, the final score of 7-4, to four, was that 14 Griffin? It was not, and it, the game was not as close as that. We scored, I think, two in the last end. Oh. So. Excuse me while I take a drink of water. Um, okay, so uh, <clears throat> our lineup's going to switch over next week. I guess. I mean, there was no discussion of what the lineup would be on Monday. I just went and played lead. So... so who knows what the lineup will be next week. So my, my main takeaways from the on-ice experience were the dots on the ice seemed to be mostly decorative on Monday. Uh, mm. Nobody was really using them. It was easy. We were on an end sheet, so the dots are on the boards. And on an end sheet, I tend to go to the boards anyway. Yeah. So that was pretty easy on that. Uh, but looking to some of the other sheets, people were going to just going up both sides of the ice which, of course, is not the point uh, or, or the idea of the, the distancing rules. So mm -hmm. I didn't notice that. Everyone followed the one sweeper rule. I didn't see a skip try to sweep, which is good. It's a recognition on their part that they're not good at and they shouldn't try it. So <laughs> don't embarrass yourself. So I enjoyed that. And uh, the post-game experience was, I, I don't know, I, it, it almost felt jarring. You'd go up, put on your shoes, and then leave. Right. There was no social element really at all uh, with the other team, certainly. So it felt a little strange. And my, my overall takeaway is that I felt more comfortable than I thought I would during the game. But it was a very different experience compared to what I'm used to when I go and curl. And it didn't feel nearly as social 
as it has in the past. Even on nights where I go play and leave and don't stay for a drink afterwards, it, it still feels somewhat social. It didn't feel that social on Monday, if I'm being perfectly honest. Right. And all the distancing on the ice makes it such that you don't, you know, really interact even with your own team. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, if you're giving this curling experience a zero to five stars rating, what are you getting? I would give it, I think, a two and a half. That's the first and, night. Okay, 2.5 stars. Yeah. it uh, And we'll see how it goes. I mean, the other part for me is that in the summer, I did go and, and pick up all the, the, the things that I would need to wash from my locker. And I realized on Monday that I had left my gloves and my broom in the locker, thinking that on the first night I would just be able to pick it up. Like in the, in yeah. the summer, that was my thinking. Yeah. And, of course, that's not allowed under the new rules. Uh, which is totally understandable. The locker rooms are closed. So I had to play with the the hammer broom that I have oh, wow. uh, here in my apartment from the 90s. And uh, so being the first night back and not having gloves and using the much heavier broom uh, wasn't great physically for me, I got to say. Yeah, I can imagine. I can't believe that, uh, yeah, you didn't even pick the broom up. Well, in, in July or June or July or whenever it, it is that I went to the to club to get the other stuff, I just thought that I didn't need to. I figured if we're yeah. gonna if if we're going to play, then the locker rooms would be open was part of my thinking. And if we don't play, then I can leave the broom there. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. So uh so overall that that wasn't great, so I'm gonna try and schedule a time to go during the day when no one else is in the building to pick that up. Uh, and, yeah. and the gloves and, and, and don't sleep on the gloves either because um, I wasn't putting quite as much pressure on the broom at the end of the game as I was early on. For sure. For sure. I, uh, my broom is also down there. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if you can collect mine as well. Okay. I can, not uh, a, I can try not to, ideal to be, to be playing with, without your typical equipment. No. The good thing, though, for me about not being able to really hear anything on Monday is that I couldn't hear that broom as I was sliding out because it makes a hell of a noise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is loud. Yes. I, I'm surprised there weren't uh, heads <laughs> turning every time you went to throw. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that was my experience on Monday. We'll see how it goes moving forward. And, you know, the numbers here in Ottawa locally are looking good. They've resolved more cases uh, they resolved more cases today than there were new cases, so that's a, a good sign. The daily new case numbers are going down again. Hopefully, the city can can keep up with that trend, and mm -hmm. we can continue to have curling through the season here locally. I know that in other parts of the country, it's not the, the same, and uh, certainly in Manitoba, for instance, things are changing greatly there. So we'll see what, what the facilities across the country can do. But at least for a, an initial night, I'm I'm pleased with what the Ottawa Curling Club's board has done. I think they've gone to every length to try to make it safe and to try to make sure that everybody is comfortable in the facility. And the complaints that I have are not with what the club itself and what the facilities themselves are doing. It's my complaint is with the really, I guess, the virus and what the virus is forcing us to do. So, right. you know, I, I 
I hate wearing masks just in general. I don't like it, but I do it because it's the right thing to do. And mm -hmm. uh, my, my dislike of them is not that I, I am indifferent to my own health or everybody, everybody else's health is that they suck to wear. They're not comfortable and they fog up my glasses, but I'm still going to do it and I'm still going to participate in, in, in whatever way I can to, to address this and, until the virus goes away. So yeah, all, all of my complaints are with the virus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's totally fair. I, uh, Sean, I, I didn't tell you this, but part of being in Victoria meant that I was able to go into a bar on Sunday and I watched football all day Sunday. Wow at the bar and it was weird to be inside right and we yes we were you know pr appropriately spaced apart and uh distance between tables and all that stuff but uh no it was a bit of a trip like and and it's pretty weird right it hasn't been that long in the grand scheme of it but i haven't been in a indoor restaurant since march <laughs> Right. Yeah. It, it it was the first time. Yeah. And this was the first time for me being around that number of people since March. And yeah. that was jarring for me, just being around all these people, to be honest, because it, it's and I, and I said this after the game to Megan, who we play with, that I think it's it, it would be pretty easy for me to become a recluse that, mm. uh, you know, if I'm not forcing myself or I'm not forced to go do things and scheduling things to do. I, I guess I just won't do them. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I go outside every day. I recognize that that's important. But the impetus to see people in person for me hasn't been there because the messaging has been don't do it. So I haven't done it. And right. being then around all these people did feel a little strange to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm, interesting. So, yeah, just weird. Like, uh, I bet. I bet it took a lot of energy and that you were super tired Monday night when you got home. Actually, no, not really. No? No, I was feeling pretty good immediately afterward. Um, oh, yeah, it didn't – I wasn't exhausted by the experience by any means, and it it, it was just weird. I, I Maybe I felt a little unsatisfied with mm. the experience that – and, you know, for me and, and for years, like for the first two years I lived in Ottawa, where I really didn't know anybody going curling on the nights that I would go, that was really my social life for a couple of years. And, mm -hmm. you know, the first year I was in Ottawa, doing a PhD can be a very isolating experience. And there were times where I would go from playing rec basketball on Mondays to curling on Thursdays without talking to anybody. And, wow, yeah. uh, you know, so it was so that's what I do it for. And that's what I enjoy the sport for. So, you know, not really. I, I have no idea how the game played out, to be honest, um, <laughs> in terms of the ends. At, at one point, I thought we had given up a three. And then, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes later, I finally looked at the scoreboard and it had been a four. Like that's how I sort of checked out of the actual game I was. And right. uh, and again, part of that is not being able to see but not really being invested in and caring too much about the ins and outs of what was going on in the game while also not having much of a social experience out there. Maybe mm -hmm. that's, that did feel a little unsatisfying to me. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, if I had been there and it would have been four people, even, even if that makes a difference at all, you know, 
Yeah. I, well, I, I don't know. Well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks when you're back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And are you playing again tomorrow night? Yeah, that is the plan. Uh, the men's league kicks off tomorrow night. So the plan is to uh, get back out there and, and see if I can actually see, which is going to be important. I'm a, allegedly playing third. I think I'm going to have to see a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, I, the gators that, that we got, uh, we got some Game of Stones gators that are uh, pretty fun, but they're, they don't really block your, your breath at all. No. So that's why I went with the double, right? So I wore the mask with the loops to provide the the safety side of it. And I wore the gator for, to keep everything in place was my thinking. Okay. Right. Cause, Cause it is pretty tight. And so I thought it would help with glasses, which it didn't, but I think that was partly the type of glasses I was wearing and mm -hmm. the mask too, so that it wouldn't shift around during the game uh, and that it would stay on less right. like it come off with the loops or anything. So that was part of my thinking. I'm going to try the, the double again tomorrow night and hopefully that that works right on and if you want to get uh any k tape i think there's some in my uh, utility closet at home if you feel like hopping over there there you go i'll uh well we'll see uh we'll see what how it goes tomorrow oh so, right we're recording a podcast oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this just sounds like a, a fun phone chat <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so that's my experience with curling. Let us know if you've been out there so far this year, what your experience is like, if it matches up with mine. Uh, mm -hmm. But before we go, Scott, I wanted to talk real briefly about the report by Devin Haru on CBC that Curling Canada has informed the host cities of the Briar, the Scotties, and the Men's World Championship that those events will not be taking place in those cities and that curling Canada is in the late stages of their planning for a bubble city for all three of those championships for 2021 with that bubble city being Calgary. That is the report right now. Curling Canada has not issued any comment on the report, but it does mm -hmm. seem like the logical thing moving forward for them if they want to run those competitions. Yeah, I think a bubble city was something that we all had on the radar. I'm a, I'm a little surprised that they would loop the world championship into that uh, just because it's going to be a bunch of other teams, right? Like, it's not like phase two of, of the Briar championship. But uh, I, I think that the, the planning had been happening for a while for this. Um, it was a, somewhat inevitable given the, the fall spike that we've had. Uh, it's disappointing for us being in Ottawa, uh, and we were really stoked for that uh, men's worlds. Um, I, I could see the, those cities being recycled again, you know, either next year for the Scotties and Briar or in a couple of years in the case of the world championship. Uh, but, What's curious to me is why Calgary? Why is Calgary uh, cited as the reason, Sean? I haven't read the story. So the rationale, I believe, is that well, Calgary wants it first, um, that they are willing to host it, that they are going to you know, put in place the, the things that are required for a bubble. The Alberta provincial government, of course, was involved in the NHL bubble. So mm -hmm. getting the provincial approval for that would be easier. I think certainly easier than doing it in, uh, in Toronto or another city 
in Ontario and uh, the facilities that are available in Calgary. The report says that it will be at the Olympic Park in Calgary. So you have facilities there <laughs> that could easily work for curling, plus the necessary hotels and, and all that nearby. So the logistics of having it in Calgary just makes a lot of sense. Right. It's uh, I, I'm sure it makes a lot of sense for the uh, power provinces that we talked about last week. Um, I wonder uh, if Brad Gushu is happy with that. But uh, nonetheless, nevertheless, it's closer than B.C. It was supposed to be in B.C. Yeah, but it was supposed to be normal, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But and I think the other the other side of it, too, uh, you know, given that the Scotties are supposed to be in Thunder Bay. The Briar was supposed to be in Kelowna and the World Championship even being in Ottawa. None of those cities have the greatest air transportation, uh, the air, air connections. Ottawa mm -hmm. probably is the best of the three, and it's not that good uh, for a national capital. So putting it yeah. in Calgary where WestJet has its hub, that makes sense. I know a lot of the, the teams use Air Canada and, and Air Canada goes to Calgary a lot too. But I think that you have better air connections. It's It's fewer connections for teams across the country compared to a lot of other cities that this event could be held in. And you're not going to put it in Vancouver or Toronto, which are probably the, the two or Montreal, the three cities that have the best air networks in the country. Mm -hmm. Calgary's probably number four. So I think that would be another benefit of putting it in Calgary, having fewer teams, having to make layovers en route, which just increases their potential exposure as they go to the bubble. Yes, and is there any talk of Curling Canada running charter flights, say, from Toronto to Calgary? So, okay, Eastern teams figure out how to get to Toronto, and then we'll all fly together from there? No, uh, no that, was no not in, sure. that was not included in the report. No, I would be surprised if Curling Canada has the budget for that. Right, they're not the uh, Canadian Olympic Committee that, that did that for the, for the Olympics. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I, I see it. I understand. Uh, and if it's the only way we're going to get championship level curling this year, then uh, why not? Right. Right. Uh, I think we all would have liked it to, to be in its original format, but that ship has sailed. So, yeah, if, uh, if that's what it's going to take and the players are all on board, uh, I, I don't see why not. I listened to a bit of uh, Kevin Martin's podcast today, and they were talking about how how like uh, well it's it's gonna have to be a bubble and and we're just gonna use last year's champions as this year's champions uh, provincially, right? right? Because the the idea of a provincial playdown doesn't really make any sense. No. So, so is that uh, sort of the idea that uh, we we would run back the same teams as last year, with maybe the exception of Team Canada? That's not included in the report. I don't know how feasible that is from a competitive standpoint. In the sense that this year's Briar and Scotties might take on a greater significance than normal for the mm -hmm. Olympic trials with no. Canada Cup, it seems like the Canada Cup is just off the table at this point based on this report. Yeah. With no Canada Cup, maybe they have the finalists get a berth as well, or maybe they do some other way 
to get a team into the trials. So I would suggest that if the idea is that the defending champions of each member association get to get entry into the field, that the Tyler Tardies of the world, the uh, Kelsey, no, not Kelsey Rock, the uh, uh, Tracy Flurries of the world, those teams that are good enough to be in the trials that don't have a trial spot locked up yet, yeah. I, I think that would be a tough sell for our, for those teams. And by extension, if the players are serious about some idea of a of a united player's voice, that the players who are in the field would have to get on board with that. Certainly, mm -hmm. the question would be, what what do you do with the wildcard teams, too? Is Glenn Howard going to fly to Calgary to be in this bubble for two days? I mean, the, the idea of the wildcard game kind of is 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 a hard sell i think for for teams flying across the country anyway but yeah. given the added restrictions in place does it make sense to have the wild card teams there and if not then what do you make of jennifer jones and uh, brendan botcher and then of course the the losers of those games from last year and glenn howard and tracy flurry and then just the other teams that didn't qualify so yeah it's there, there's i think a lot to unpack in terms of who gets to to participate in this so i don't think running back the teams who were in the field last year this year makes that much sense so yeah i guess i guess it'll be up to every uh, provincial body to decide what they want to do maybe they do you know a, a best two out of three with their top two teams uh you know ask tracy clary how she feels about that uh, maybe like a, a four-person or a four-team page playoff system based on rankings. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the 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 uh, this will have to go in stages where Curling Canada is going to have to say, "Here's how we're running these events." And the thing to remember is, the member associations get to determine how they crown their representative it's not up to curling canada as to how each member association determines who represents that member's association that's why you have different formats at these events all over the country some yes. of them have the triple knockout some of them have a round robin some of them use a page some of them don't like each member association gets to decide what they want to do so i don't think it, it it's just it, curling canada can't just decree it's the defending champions coming back no, the member associations would have to vote on that and and agree to that. And for them to agree to that, I do think the players would have to agree to that. So there's a lot of steps in that in that process that would be a challenge. So mm -hmm. the first step is to say, can we do this? Is it feasible to run these events? And then the next step is, how do we determine who gets to play? Right, right. So uh, that'll be something we'll be keeping our ears to the ground about uh, for sure. Yeah. And it's important to note, too, I, I think it's important to note, too, that since the point system was suspended for the early part of this year, they can't even use points and say, well, all right, let's have the top 16 teams on points come in. Yeah. There's no points. So it's going to be it's going to be tough to figure out how to do this. And, and the, the, the logic of if we need a bubble for the national championship, the next step is, well, don't you need a bubble then for a provincial championship? which in some of the provinces run almost as long as the national right. championship does. So it's not simply a case of you go to a, in some provinces it is, you go to a club, it's a weekend event and you're out. But certainly in Ontario, Saskatchewan, 
Alberta, Manitoba. These are week-long events. So do the member associations have the ability to set up a bubble? Is that necessary to do? How do you qualify into a provincial championship? Those are some of the logistics that need to be worked through for this to work. The other thing I'll say, Scott, if the World Curling Federation says we're not having a, a world championship in the spring, then I don't think Curling Canada has these events. I don't see mm. the, the need to. I don't see the push to do them. So I, I do think that the first shoe to fall in terms of do these things actually happen does lie with the World Curling Federation and that Curling Canada will act accordingly off of that. Right. And does um, the article, Sean, does that mention anything about maybe playing the events all simultaneously? Obviously not the World Championship one, but the Scotties and Briar, like sort of playing them all at the same time. It does. It, no, it does not. That these would be held separately. Oh, that's the indication in the, the story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it could be interesting, right, to have everybody there in a bubble. And then, you know, you've got two Scotties draws happening at the same time as two Briar draws. Yeah. I mean, Vic's not going to make it through that, I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Vic would have to go to the bubble. Yeah. Well, no, he wouldn't. They would call it. They would. He would. They would send him a, a something to Bracebridge or wherever he is. He's calling it in his living room. <laughs> I want. I'm here for Vic calling games in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be, yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think they would make Vic travel for this. There, there's no need to. No, you're right. You're Vic right. might want to by the time we're in February and he's got 40 feet of snow outside his front door. He might want to go to Calgary. Yeah, he might do, but uh, he's going to have to get out somehow. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that's the latest news on the national championships. Not really much to report that other than things that we would, would have expected. The, the only thing that was super new here is that it is Calgary that they're looking at. I think that was the biggest piece of information. And it is a bit of a confirmation that this is where Curling Canada is going to be heading. So anybody who bought tickets in Kelowna, Thunder Bay, or Ottawa, keep your receipts. Yes, yes. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully they'll be able to go back uh, to those cities as soon as the the next opportunity arises. Yes. And, and I'm sure I, I, I'm sure they will. I don't know what's been announced 2022, if anything. Usually it comes around the time of the event itself. Certainly the bidding process probably would have started, but maybe not. I think a lot of that happens in the summer. So my guess would be to just push everything back a year or two. Uh, they don't announce <laughs> things further ahead than that, other than the trials. And uh, for the World Championship, same thing. That uh, either Ottawa will have the 2022 women's or the 2023 men's, neither of which are as high stakes as what this year's would have been, but... Yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, a little bit too bad, but uh, I mean, we all have to wait and see what happens with the Olympics anyway, right? It could be a case of we're going to play the summer, the, the summer games of 2020. We're going to play them in 2022 and right. sort of push everything two years back. I, I could I could see that happening. I, I just saw I watched a video today about Paris building their new. Uh, metro trains yeah. uh, that are supposed to be somewhat ready for 2024 for the Olympics then. Uh, but if, you know, it got pushed by a couple of years, I don't think they would be super sad about it. So, right. 
Anyway. Everybody wants more time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what happens with the Olympics? I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. There was good news this week about uh, one of the possible vaccines. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens in the next uh, 6 to 12 months. Yes, we'll remain cautiously optimistic. Yes, exactly, exactly. So there you have it. All the news of the week. Uh, Curling Canada is looking at Calgary. I went curling. Nothing else happened this week since, <laughs> since we last talked. Everything else is the same as it was before. So, Scott, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, wherever it is you get your podcasts, the likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show, beats the algorithms for us. Please do also follow along everything going on social media at Game of Stones Pod. You can find Scott at Scott Likes TV. I am at the Sean Graham. And if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show or just some of your thoughts on Curling Canada heading to Calgary, potentially, or what your experiences out on the ice have been so far this year, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. One other fun little thing that is somewhat related to that. If you've gone croca curling, let me know. In Toronto, they announced that it's coming back this year. I think it's 75 bucks for an hour, and you can have up to eight people playing. I want to know if it's worth it. might be worth a, a, a little stop in down to try mm. that. Uh, so if you've tried that, do let me know if it is worth it. And we'll be back with you next week, Scott. God willing, you'll be back in the nation's capital next time we speak. Yes, uh, fingers crossed. I will uh, I will make my arduous journey home. Yes. So the last two years at least, November the 11th has been on a weekend, and federal government employees get the, the 11th off. And if it's a Saturday or Sunday, you get the Monday. And yes. it, so it has been a long weekend. And I've known this because there's somebody who tends to travel on long weekends. And... The past couple of years on November the 11th weekend, it's been to warm places. And both of those years, I have sent angry video messages to that individual as I've been standing in the middle of what felt like a blizzard, not technically a blizzard, but high wind and a lot of snow in the parking lot of the National <laughs> uh, Nature or the Nature Museum as I've been coming back from the curling club. So it's not impossible that you get delayed by snow. It's not impossible. Uh, I'm really hoping not. I've split my uh, return journey into three different days. Oh, wow. So there's uh, ample time for, uh, snow. for me sh should I need to be delayed for a while. So, Well, happy travels, Scott. Be safe and enjoy your time out on the left coast. Thanks. And we'll talk with everybody again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.